today we begin worship with the uh, realization that a tragedy has uh, struck a lot closer to home than some recent things that have uh, raised our concerns and uh, driven us to, to prayer. I'm, I'm a little somber myself. We were um, evacuated and the fire came uh, three houses away from us. But our home was spared. Um, but in the Tebow family, um, they have a little different of a story. Daughter Sarah and Eric's home uh, was destroyed, totally destroyed. It's, it's a home you're seeing on the news a lot. They seem to show that for some reason keeps coming up. Uh, our, our prayers and our concerns are with them and as, as uh, strung out as I feel, I know that that family is even more so um, besides itself, trying to figure out how, how do you go forward, um, having so much of life now radically changed. Um, and we're just symptomatic of hundreds of people um, out towards Fillmore, and now the fire is threatening uh, Montecito. So there's um, a lot of people who are still in harm's way and who are having their lives um, radically changed. So I'm asking you, on, on my behalf, and the Tebos and all of the people who are heavy on our hearts to keep um, us all in your prayers, um, and if I'm a little less jovial today, cut me some slack, huh? Um, as I was saying to Rachel, uh, the power of worship doesn't come through uh, me or us, but through the Holy Spirit's presence among us all. And I know that the Spirit is with us today and that worship uh, will be rich and deep even if I'm not jovial. Let's center ourselves and go to worship. family to come forward for the lighting of our advent wreath. Morning. 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 The Spirit of God rests fully on the coming Lord. The promised Christ is full of wisdom and understanding in the Spirit of God. The promised Lord will rule with true justice and righteousness. All fear will change to comfort. All enemies will be transformed into friends. As we trust in God, we find our peace. In the grace of God, we find our hope. Let us, with hope, kindle the light of the Lord.
awesome and almighty God, you are a lover of justice. You flex your righteousness and scatter evil to the wind. You plant hope in our hearts and reap a bumper crop. You wipe away the tears from our eyes and anoint us with joy's oil. Servant of God, you bandage our souls as you take our wounds upon yourself. You set us free from sin by being bound to the cross. You console the grieving by carrying death to its resting place. Spirit of passion, when sin strips us of life, clothe us with salvation's finery. When we are deafened by the peddlers of fear, whisper the good news to us. When we shiver in death's winter, wrap us in the shawl of hope. Lord, there are so many ways in which we reach out to you this day, both in joys and concerns. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, for so many people who, in the midst of this tragedy that is unfolding, have responded to being your hands and feet through meals, through clothing, through offering their homes so that they might be sources of comfort and aids as all this transpires. O oh Lord, in Hear our prayers. And Lord, we offer thanks and ask for prayers of protection for the firefighters who are responding day after day to help extinguish these flames. Be with them that they might be safe. Be with them that they can discern the best actions to take to put these fires out as quickly as possible. Oh Lord, Lord hear, hear our, our prayers. prayers. God in community, holy and one, anoint us with your grace, even as we pray as Jesus teaches us, saying, Our, our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Shout it up to the hills and valleys. Tiny baby is born today. 
Whisper, whisper, tidy baby in a manger lay. Whisper, whisper, baby born today. Oh, shout it up with a thousand voices. Shout it up, let the music play. Shout it out, go tell all the people, tiny baby is born today. Whisper, whisper, tiny baby in a manger lay. Whisper, whisper, baby born today. Whisper, whisper, tiny baby sleep in the hay. Whisper, whisper, baby born today. Baby born today. Mary had a baby, yes, my Lord, yes, my from Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 and 2 and 9 to 11. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Get you up to the high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead mother sheep. Our second reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, 
make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God.
be, may that be the song of all our hearts. People's search for God and the good life goes back to the earliest of our recorded times. There's an interesting book by Robin, Robert Wright called The Evolution of God that talks about this search for God, this search for right relationship with one another being something that is just part of who we animals are as humans across the globe, across cultures. It's laid out in our scripture. We, we can trace how our forebears grappled with this and moved forward with their insight, their understanding of God's revelation to them. They're making sense of that and trying to codify it and and put it to good use among uh, those emerging societies. We see that in, in the creation stories and the stories about the, the patriarchs, Moses, the, the movement and settling of Palestine. We see it in the series of the judges and the monarchy and then the kings that followed. And one episode after another, we are reminded of God's people's desire to understand and to be right with God. And their hope of relating to God with some kind of a special personalness, intimacy, and an intimacy that would lead to their improved living for themselves and in their relationships with others. So in our uh, religious tradition, in our religious tradition, much hope was put in the return uh, to the house of David and its reassertion in leadership over the people Israel. And both our scripture passages this morning uh, speak with uh, the prophetic hope of that coming to pass. On behalf of God, Isaiah announces that God's messenger will soon appear who will prepare the way for the Messiah, the one who will put what is out of whack to rights. Isaiah announces that the time of punishment is over, that this exile was time of punishment and it is now over and people are to be released into a future of wholeness. Thanks be to God. Now another prophet thinks there's a little bit more to do and that is Malachi and he refers to a purifying and refining process. The messenger will help the Israelites not just announce that the new day has come, but the messenger will help the Israelites become more pleasing by offering uh, offering of righteousness to God. So that when the Messiah does return, they then will be ready for the Messiah's work, which will vindicate them, which will end the exile and return them to the holy city. And so the exile ends, and the temple is rebuilt, but the ascendancy of the house of David remains unfulfilled, as does that glorious goal of authentic personal holiness 
that both Isaiah and Malachi were referring to, the widespreading of social justice, righteousness for all. <laughs> Centuries pass. Mark echoes a similar theme of the Messiah's advent and the messenger's ministry in which this unusual character, John the Baptist, calls for wholesale repentance as the means of preparation in anticipation of that coming Messiah. It's a repentance of sin and a commitment to a new life of righteousness and justice that John is proclaiming. John's father is caught up in the excitement of what his son is to be about, the promise of redemption coming and new life. God is steadfast and true, Zechariah says. Luke remembers Zechariah as saying, by the tender mercy of God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The messenger, the one who is preparing the way, is pointing to the Messiah who comes to us as the Bethlehem babe from the house of David, Jesus, the son of Mary, the Christ. At our Christmas time, we celebrate anew the indwelling of God, what we have come in our faith to call the incarnation. And when we say incarnation, this is what we mean, God in human form. The homeostasis of two natures, distinct but working as one. In our traditional language, it's said this way. In the person of Jesus of Nazareth, God is pleased to dwell. Now this, of course, is one of the great doctrines of our faith and also is one of the essential mysteries of our faith. Our understanding of God that asserts incarnation is really radically distinctive for us as Christians as compared to people of other faiths. And be assured, we are not talking some kind of hocus-pocus here. It's not a human pretending to be divine, nor is it a divine Greek god depending pretending to be human. It is both and. Human and divine united. Other faiths think that's crazy. Yet this is central to our belief. And we believe in the truth of the Incarnation, I think because we believe the reality of the Resurrection. And because we've experienced the power 
of transformation in our own lives through our faith in Christ Jesus. He has become our Lord and Savior. So we know it is true. The incarnation is God's ultimate response from our point of view of the human race's yearning for spiritual well-being and our failure or our inability to do it for ourselves. Our situation is this, the ages taunt and the darkness whispers, sinner, save yourself. Yet we are not up to the task. We're impotent in the face of saving ourselves. Saving ourselves is beyond ourselves. To my graphic mind, it's like this. The broken cup cannot mend itself. It needs the restorative hands of the potter. The torn fabric can't darn itself. It needs the recreative hands of the weaver. As those hands reach out lovingly to us in our brokenness, in our unraveling, because of the incarnation, we recognize those hands as the hands of God. The redemptive hands of God in our lives. The incarnation has drawn the curtain back on God. And we have seen and we recognize God. Because we have taken note of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth and have come to understand in him our Messiah, <coughs> our Christ. The incarnation is God's revealing God's self in a way that people like us can see and understand. We can see and we can understand God because of the incarnation. It is God reaching out to us in a way that we can receive it and we can take in that outreach from God. It is God making a way for us to find our way back to the garden, to be healed, to be made whole. Through the incarnation, we come to know God and to recognize, yeah, that God knows us. God does indeed know our nature and the contours of our 
lives. God is well acquainted with our weaknesses. God has walked our path of of temptation and sorrow. God has experienced our death and thrown open the door to life eternal. This is what incarnation means to us. God has let loose the gracious power of God's love in Christ Jesus in a way that we can get it. And it has made all the difference in our lives and in the world. It is the greatest gift of all, don't you think? It is the gift of Christmas for all who would have eyes to see it and ears to hear. It's the true gift of Christmas, the gift of God's self. Christ Jesus to us. May we in new and powerful ways receive that gift again this Christmas season. Thanks be to God. Amen. We say thank you for the restorative and the recreative nature of God by presenting our tithes, gifts, and offering to the one who has given us so much so that those gifts might be used in a way that further the kingdom and that the dark places might experience God's light. Our ushers will wait upon us as we receive the gift of music. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy.
wait again, O Lord, the child wrapped in light. Let that light shine into our world and use these gifts to reflect that light to the places that need to experience your love, grace, hope, joy, and peace this season. In your name we pray, amen. Let us remain standing as we join in our closing hymn number 203. benediction. Go forth from this place, offering hope to the hopeless and peace to those that experience unrest, recognizing that we are the hands and feet of God so that the indwelling of Christ might be experienced anew this season. Amen. Amen.